We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. And mile high. Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle Senior NFL Draft Analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. And dude, first things first, man, I have to ask you, how much fun was this last weekend for you? I I had an absolute blast at the game. The Broncos obviously beating the, the Green Bay Packers, but forget the game for a minute. The Mile High Huddle meet and greet, dude, massive success. How was your weekend, dog? Dude, it was great. I mean, like for both of us, I want to say, like without getting to a lot of details, it was nice. It was a nice break. I mean, I know you had some bad news, you know, yeah. late last week. Then there was me. I arrived in Denver. I let everybody know I arrived in Denver. And then I realized, get a message that a childhood friend of mine passed away Friday night. So being able to go to the meet and greet with all that that was sitting heavy on both of us, being able to hang out, have some drinks. Um, talk football with Carl and Nick in person instead of just through yep. chat. Luke Thomas, it was just a wonderful time um, to get away. You know, Saturday night having dinner, all of us together, um, yep. chilling down at the hotel bar that the that night as well, and then the meet and greet. Got to meet so many awesome people. Um, Bama X. I got to say, man, at first it was a little awkward because you came up and you introduced yourself, and I'm just like, all right, what what's your handle? What's your handle? Um, but uh, it was nice talking to you and talking to your lady and everything and learning a little bit about you. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to uh, Robot of Doom on who watches, views it, tunes in on Twitch. Um, got to talk to him a lot. We talked about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was a, a fun time there. Getting to talk to him, get to know him, getting to know you know Papa Bear. Talking to him for the little bit I did. It was just a blast getting there and getting to talk to all of you guys. And I kind of ta- mentioned this. Um, there at the meet and greet but one of the things that's so cool about it is that you guys everybody tune in you guys get a little bit of a glimpse into our lives we talk about ourselves a little bit the weather our families and stuff like that and it's nice at the meet and greet to be able to get to know you guys a little bit um and just know uh just just a little bit that we do it's such it's so awesome so refreshing and then of course we get to sit there and we get to talk about football uncensored unfiltered you know just the raw aspect of it the raw emotions of it before and after the game um it was a good time uh 
happy to meet everyone out there. I hope next year um, a lot more people get to make it out there and get to meet a lot more of you guys. Yeah, got, like Shreya was out there. Obviously, uh, you said Bama X Robot, um, Cameron Parker from predominantly, and uh, Sayer Bettinger, both of those guys uh, from predominantly Orange showed up. Uh, Anthony Rodriguez from KOA came down as well. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet everybody. I mean, Eric and I, we, we talk all the time, you know. Uh, it's not every day that we get to actually see each other and, and you know, say, hanging out in the same room. And like, like you said, man, uh, just the – Saturday night after dinner, sitting down at the hotel bar. I mean, the whole crew was there. Every single person at the at Mile High Huddle was down there that night, except for Chad. He was up in his room hiding, but that's fine. Um, and it was it was just it was a blast, you know. We 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 shut the hotel bar down at one o'clock in the morning and just uh, just talked football, watched a bunch of college football together, and had an absolute blast. We got David. Speaking of Papa Bear, jumping in here early with a super chat. Five dollars on that. Thank you. Thanks, Papa Bear. We appreciate you, big dog. Uh, good evening, Broncos country. Lance, Eric, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. I had a great time Saturday meeting you guys. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Buckham three times. Hashtag Denver Broncos five. And yeah, David, man, it was it was so cool. You you sitting there with Alex, uh, Carl's dad was was awesome. You know, sitting there talking with you guys for the little bit that we did get to um, converse and whatnot. And you know, it was it was uh, it was. A little bit unfortunate, quite honestly, because I got a I got a flat tire at the at the stadium, so I'm freaking out the entire time we were there trying to figure out what the heck I got to do with my truck. You know, it was uh, long story short, it, it was a hectic weekend, but man, like you said, it was so much fun, so so much fun, and it was so needed to get away from real life just for a little while. You know, and if you guys, um, not gonna really make a big scene out of this, but if you guys got um some good thoughts and prayers and whatnot for, for my, my family, please just uh, keep them to yourself, but uh, put them, put them up towards the big guy. We got some uh, family issues going on uh, in my neck of the woods, but, and, and Dylan, Dylan Von Arsen here as well saying, glad you made it home safe, Lance. Uh, Dylan, you as well. Thank you for, for everything, for everything that everybody did to help me with that. I mean, uh, Chad, um, uh, Dylan, uh, Carl's dad, Alex helped out a lot. Uh, Jeff, one of the um, guys behind the scenes, uh, one of the bridge, the gap guys, but uh, from, uh, from Chad's band, uh, they helped out just tremendously in making sure that I got home safe that weekend. And uh, yeah, just forever thankful for everybody there. But enough about that, guys. First five minutes of the show. We got Michael Warren Cleo jumping in here. Good evening, Lance and Eric. I'm Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos. Good evening, Michael. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see you. I, I was hoping you were going to be able to, get, to make the trip up from Tucson, but uh, it, it is what it is. Maybe next year we'll we'll get linked up with everybody here soon. Orange Bucky said he's uh, glad to meet Eric, but he forgot to take a pic with Lance. So yeah, I was I was all over the place, man. It was uh, it was it was rough to just it, it, with as many people. Were there. Eric, what were there? 60, 70 people there at one point. I mean, there was there was, there was a number. There there was a good number of people there, but uh, all right. Anyways, guys, let's get to football here. Let's have a, a great time here on a wonderful Friday evening in Dove Valley Deep Divers Podcast. Say hello to everybody here. We got Jerron Washington. This is a uh, a new name. Let's get this comment out here first, saying let's get out there and beat the Chiefs. I got Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just got to say, it's funny. Every time we see Jerron Washington here, you always go it's a new name for us. I I do not remember this name. I do not <laughs> we, 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 name. we see Jerron in the chat every now and then, and it's just always <laughs> funny to me. Uh, it's <laughs> Sorry, I do apologize. Thank you for joining us again, Jerron. We appreciate that. Uh, we got to end the 16-game winning streak, and so we can shut these haters up. Yeah, um, 16 games. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are pretty well dominating the Denver Broncos. You know, listening to Frank Clark earlier this season um, talk about, you know, before he was released in training camp, he was talking, you know, like, the, the Chiefs don't view this as rivalry 
anymore. Like they don't, they're, they're, they're big brother. We're little brother. They just kind of hold the football over our head and then spin us around in circles and make it so that, you know, like it's just so frustrating for us on, on, in Broncos country, 16 games is a lot. Eric, uh, let's pass it off to you here really fast. I want to say uh, hello to some more people here in just a minute, but uh, dude, Broncos obviously get a big win last week against the Green Bay Packers. Um, They're playing a little bit better. They did, you know, play relatively well in Kansas City Thursday night football two weeks ago. So is this is there, what is the possibility? What probability do you put at the Broncos ending the streak this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, man? Uh, very slim. <laughs> um, the the Broncos' defensive performance the last two weeks not bad. I'm not trying to hit on it. It's just not as great as a lot of people are making it out to be. I, I agree. Um, you, you got you got to look at the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs, they openly admitted that they were trying things that they wouldn't normally do against the Broncos. They didn't respect the Broncos' defense, so they were going to try new things. And then the Packers' offense is really absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Love is bad. He's definitely not going to be it going forward for them. Um, and so, like, yeah, they – Got to slow them down a little bit. The Broncos offense had some flashes, um, but they still have their issues as well. And in this game, it's supposed to be it's supposed uh, it's supposedly going to be a snowy game. Um, it's going to be uh, running the ball, and mm-hmm. the Broncos defense didn't do well against the run against the Chiefs the last time, and they didn't do well for the against the run against the Packers either. Really, they allowed AJ Dillon to have a career high, career long uh, rushing attempt for like 15 yards like they were just pretty consistent getting yards mm-hmm. um on the ground so i still have serious concerns there um any given sunday anything's possible i just uh uh i view this one as very slim chances to walk out with a win listen we all know it's way more fun to be there live for denver broncos football and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the denver broncos and the nfl Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm I'm right there with you as we got a super chat coming in here from Troy Boer who was at the meet and greet as well with his uh, stepson Jonah um, who we gave a hat to and then that on broncos.com everybody so that was really really cool Troy pleasure to meet you sir a $10 super chat as always showing a bunch of support saying hey guys run the ball force them to kick field goals again win the game finally enough is enough have a great show. Thanks, Troy. We appreciate that, man. Thank you for your support. As always, it's a pleasure to meet you and your son um, there on Sunday as well. It's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Eric on this one. I, I think the chances are slim, but if if uh, Troy has like from your mouth to God's ears and then down to Sean Payton, run the damn football, guys. Like this is the this is the week to really get it going. Last week. The, against the Packers, the Broncos actually had something really strong going with the running game, and they were balanced. Like I, I, I kept saying, you know, I wish they would have stuck with it a little bit more, been a little bit more aggressive with the running game. They threw the ball 29 times, they ran the ball 25 times, so about 55 to 45 split there, give or take a little bit. I'm not a mathematician here, but like I really want to see them go out there, especially with the weather being inclement. They need to control the clock. They need to get that running game going. And Javante Williams looked like he is fully back from that uh, ACL injury suffered last season. Last week was easily his best game in terms of what his vision was showing for him, his burst to get up and down and get north and south through the hole quickly. He looked phenomenal out there. I think that against the Chiefs, I think they're 26th against the run, averaging 4.7 allowed per carry on the ground right now. Denver needs to run the football this week. Absolutely 100%. Eric, what do you think on that? I mean, I'm both both offenses are going to be looking at running the at running the ball. Yep. And it's something that the Chiefs are doing pretty well. Isaiah Pacheco does a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and both defenses aren't, you know, the best at it. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are definitely, they're just in the top half. They only allow an average of one, 100 and like 106 yards per game uh, or rushing yards per game. So it's not, it's not too bad. Um, and they're allowing, uh, they're allowing a high per attempt. And teams just don't have to con- can't continue running against them because they start putting board, points on the board. And with Patrick Mahomes, with, uh, you know, the weapons that he has, it's just hard to, you know, keep up with them when you're just running the ball. I'm um, drawing Washington coming now on a grab. This says all we need to do is put pressure on Mahomes. Double team Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, keep them out of the end zone again and keep Mahomes off the field. Uh, not too much to ask, really. You know, um, they, there's so many there's issues with that. Patrick Mahomes is so good facing pressure. The more people you bring, you can't blitz him because the more people you bring, the more openings he has. And Travis Kelsey does such an amazing job at finding those holes. You can't double-team Travis Kelsey. They tried doing that in the first game, and Travis Kelsey still went off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to stop them. It's not easy to slow them down. Uh, and I think even with you know bad weather, they're still going to find ways to make plays. Mm-hmm. The, they've done it before. Um, and this Broncos rushing defense is still the worst there is in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah Pacheco is such a good runner. He has good vision. He has power. He has good bursts and decent, decent enough long speed. Like it just makes it so hard to, you know, slow them down 
when they have a running game. Like mm-hmm. a couple years ago, it would be easy to say, yeah, just force them to run the ball because they didn't have a good run game. Mm-hmm. Well, they do now, and it just makes that offense even bigger threat, even though the passing offense can't fully figure things out. No, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that one. And Isaiah Pacheco, the, the one thing that you didn't mention with him is he is so hard to bring down physically, and that dude runs like he hates the ground. It is incredible to watch him run. Very fun player out of Rutgers. I believe this is second year for him. Um, it, I, I'm with you there, though, because they, when they want to run the football, they actually have the ability to do that. That offensive line is doing a really good job up front as well in terms of opening up running lanes and letting Isaiah Pacheco kind of just keep the offense in rhythm. Like you said, this this passing attack right now is not exactly getting things going. Their wide receivers are definitely in the bottom half of the league, if not the bottom third of the league in terms of just the production that they have right now. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I know you like a lot, uh, hasn't really been able to get it going. Um, they just went and traded for uh, Nicole Hardman. He played this last week as well. Um, not necessarily a player you could like want to sweat, but at the same time has a, enough dynamic ability to, to, to play deep down the field the way that the Chiefs like to do in terms of creating those explosive plays. But if you can figure out a way to limit Tra- Travis Kelsey and what, what what's his what's it uh, Tra- Traveler Kelswift is his name I think something like that I'm I'm being dumb I'm being dumb anyways <laughs> uh, if you can figure out a way to to limit Travis Kelsey in this offense and and try to make them one dimensional in terms of running the football with Pacheco that's a that's a better way of at least trying to limit this Chiefs offense and walking out of Mile High Stadium with a win. Um, there's another comment here that I want to grab really quickly. And I believe it was from Troy as well. If I got to find it again, yes, here it is. Uh, Troy Booter jumps in here saying Nick Bolton chiefs inside linebacker starting uh, middle linebacker is out. He dislocated his wrist. He's out for at least a couple of weeks now. Um, this is a big, big get for the Broncos and Eric, I know that, uh, you know, watching him in terms of his run fits and crashing towards the line of scrimmage. Coming vertically, he is a very good player. Moving around and in, in coverage, not the greatest. I mean, he did have the interception uh, the last time the Broncos played them. But uh, it with Nick Bolton out, how big of this? How big is that news for this Broncos offense, especially in terms of going back to the running game here? I don't think it's as big as people think. His backup's really? Drew Tranquil. Yeah, and Drew is and Drew Tranquil always tends to show up against the Broncos. He has mm-hmm. for his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have. Um, Oh, what's his face? Steve Spagnola, their defense coordinator. One of the positions he does really good at, making sure guys are ready, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Bolton is obviously on a class of itself, so it does help a little bit. Um, I just don't want to, you know, drastically overrate the missing of Nick Bolton um, because when Nick Bolton was missing time earlier this season, Andrew Trinquel was filling in really well for him. Um, Drew Trinquel has a lot of experience under his belt. Uh, he's a good linebacker. Like they brought him in to be a starter. Um, just Leo Chanel just took another step forward with his play and took a starting job from Drew Tranquil. Um, so it's uh, they, they still have some pretty good linebackers, and that scheme is very linebacker friendly. Yes, absolutely, it is. Um, let's continue on the Broncos' offensive side of the football here. Um, in terms of the passing attack, uh, one of the big things, like the the one of the big storylines coming out of Dove Valley, is how they created a specific practice jersey for 
um, the scout team uh, to imitate. Uh, I don't know exactly who they used in the role, but it was a specific jersey for Chris Jones, uh, interior defensive lineman from the Kansas City Chiefs, arguably the second best player on the interior defensive line in the entire NFL. And just the way that they like to utilize him, where they will they'll play him at nose, they'll play him as a three tech, they'll get him outside, play him as a five tech, they'll even get him outside to play the seven technique, coming completely off of the edge, man. This man and Mike McGlinchey are scheduled to go toe-to-toe again, dude. What do you think of the chances that uh, McGlinchey can actually hold up in pass protection? Well, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say say it again here, is it was always questionable about how much the Broncos prioritized Mike McGlinchey after watching the 49ers and how much help he got. Mm -hmm. And then he comes to Denver, and they're not giving him any help. Yeah, Um, It's very concerning um, with how much that – he has struggled already. There's been no desire to change how giving him any help. It's still like they're still keeping tight ends in, but they're not help having them help Mike McGlinchey. They're having him block somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very concerning against him. And it doesn't really matter who Mike McGlinchey goes against. He's been struggling all season long, no matter what, basically. Um, he does well in the running game, which just puts more pressure to get a run game going and keep it going. And stick with it, um, which is hard to do against the Chiefs offense that can put points on the door on the board and potentially run away with things if mm-hmm. you can't, you know, keep up at least. Um, so Chris Jones is a threat. He's top two defensive lineman in the NFL, um, and I think, and and I can understand an argument if you want to say he's the best in the NFL. Yeah, like he's just so versatile. So long, such a freak athlete. Um, it just it doesn't matter where he lines up. He can give issues for to this Broncos offensive line. The interior's been not been doing well in pass protection. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry's been struggling in the run running game. Uh, just Mike McGlinchey, like the offensive line is doing fine overall, but it's just like every play it seems like one person is faltering and with Chris Jones being it, like he can just dominate a game. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, you, you mentioned there the, the offensive line playing a lot better. And I, I think that that's something that we need to really start addressing here. Um, but Lloyd Cushenberry, for um, as bad as he has been, he's actually playing pretty good football right now. Um, ben Powers struggles oh, up and down. 
well, a relatively good football no, comparatively speaking to what no. it was. Uh, all right, no. whatever you whatever you want to say, man. I mean, it, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to go a little positive here with it. Like he's playing at least better than he has been for the last three seasons, although it's still not great. It's replacement level center play, but it's not the worst center in the NFL. Put it that way is I guess the way that I want to try to. Dude doesn't face any one on ones. Like they just give him more help and more help every mm-hmm. single time, and that's fine if you don't have an offensive tackle that is losing every single rep and you're not able to give your tackle help because your center can't win. And Lloyd Cushenberry is consistently getting stalled at the offensive line. So it's not hard. It's not hard to be better than he has been because Lloyd Cushenberry really was a bottom five center in the league, but I've seen people talking about how he's being a top five center this year, using his protection stats and everything like that when he's not facing any one one on one. So no, he's not going to be, credited with giving up a lot of pressures mm-hmm. it's just the way that they're scheming their blocking uh, system up front to not leave him one-on-one to give up those pressures and he's still losing reps mm-hmm. instead of bottom five he's a bottom 10 center and people want to sit there and extend him long term it's like doesn't make sense to me yeah. uh go go it, it's time in my opinion it's time to see what you have in luke wattenberg or alex forsyth because i don't think you bring lloyd cushionberry back like I, he's gonna be asking, he's gonna be asking for seven, eight million dollars on an average per year basis. And no, is that no. what anybody wants to pay Cushionberry? No. Like, no. And so, let, let, like I said, let me let me repreface, reframe this this statement here. He's playing better than he was, but it's not good enough. Like it's it's like you said, bottom ten level center play. Like every, and like you said, the people that are saying they need to extend him long term because his last two games, I think he's got. Uh, 60 pass rush uh, protection snaps, zero pressure, zero sacks allowed. Like, misnomer. Go watch the tape, guys. Like, we, there's so many different analytics and so many different stats that I think don't tell. Obviously, they don't tell the full picture. The only way to really get an idea of what a player is looking uh, playing like is to actually watch the tape, because I think some of these metrics a little bit are, are flawed in the way that they're um, in terms of. Uh, how how they're compiled for for more or less like over expectation stuff over expectations wonky to to say the least I understand I appreciate what they are but also that's not the full story here so regardless here anyways the the rest of the offensive line Garrett Bowles is playing good football Ben Powers while he struggles a little bit he's playing fairly decently Quinn Miners very excited about the the growth that we've seen from him although there are still a lot of inconsistencies in his in his game but you know with McGlinchey, like you said, it's so hard to mask those issues. And it's not just maybe him. Like there's there's every single play, there's at least one player that that's uh whether missing a missing assignment, you know, um, whether it's uh uh getting beat one on one, whether it's uh um just doing the wrong thing, whatever it, it may be. And it's not just the offensive line's fault here either. It's not just the five players up front. You've got wide receivers not getting open quick enough. You've got a quarterback that's holding on to the football at like the fourth or fifth longest time to throw in the NFL right now. And that's not just because he scrambles around and uh, behind the line of scrimmage guys, he's holding the football way too damn long. It's, it's always seems to be a comedy of errors with this Broncos offense right now. And when you have a player like a Chris Jones on the opposite side of you, that wreaks havoc, no matter what the situation may be, it's going to make it even that much more difficult to be competitive against this Kansas city chiefs team. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I got a comment here from Eric Smith. Uh, let's flip over to the defensive side of the football here because I think that this is something that we need to see this week specifically. Eric jumps and brings a really good point here saying that I would like to see Riley Moss get some action on Sunday. 
I, I would as well. I, I, with with Kareem Jackson uh, obviously suspended for the next two games. At first, it was a four game suspension, and now they they reduced it down to a two game after the uh, after the appeal was seen by uh, Derek Brooks, uh, Hall of Fame linebacker, formerly with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you need safety help right now. Caden Stearns is out. You've got Justin Simmons. You've got PJ Locke. They're obviously without Kareem Jackson. You're going to need to see somebody out there as well, whether it's JL Skinner or Riley Moss, who I think is the one that def- that they def- desperately need to get out onto the football field right now. With the benching of Damari Mathis, with losing Kareem Jackson, I think Riley Moss is going to see some uh, see some run this weekend. What do you think, Eric? Uh, I think no. Really? Especially in safety. They're not wanting to play him at safety. You know well, this. Okay, and that's they're fair. not wanting to play. They're not wanting to play him. The fact that they went to Fabian Moreau before putting Riley Moss on the field tells you everything you need to know. That's it wouldn't surprise me to see Riley Moss inactive for this game. Huh? Riley Moss will likely be inactive for this game. If he plays, it'll be for a special teams role only. That's, that's it. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's not. Vance Joseph doesn't yeah. like playing rookies, and yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, whatever. It's you know, I, I have a lot of issues with Vance Joseph. But Fabian Moreau, he came in, he played well. He did. He played a pretty good game against it. Jaquan McMillan's playing well in the nickel. Like, so whatever it is, maybe there's stuff behind the scenes, you know, in the film room as to why we're not seeing Riley Moss, but there's something. And yeah. he just is not, you know, I don't want to say he's in the doghouse, but he's not favored at the moment. Right. Well, and I guess I, I, I understand your point there, and Vance Joseph needs to pull his head out of his ass. That's what it tells me because you need you're dinged up first off. And I understand Damari Mathis got benched like straight up. He straight up got benched against the Green Bay Packers. And Fabio Moreau, like you said, came out and played a really good football game. You're thin at the secondary, regardless of how you shake it. Like there's no way to get around the fact you are down two safeties right now. So JL Skinner, who's been a game day inactive every single week this this season as well. One of these guys needs to see the field, whether it's Riley Moss playing cornerback, if they do want to play him at safety. And like, I know what you're saying. Uh, and Michael Davis coming in here saying, Eric, if Moss was talented enough, he would be on the field. I, I don't think it's necessarily a lack of talent. I think there's, there's multiple. It's things not a lack. Of, it's not a lack of talent. It's that he's not showing it. Right. If he was showing it in practice, he would be on the field. They would be playing him. There would be no excuse to not be playing him. Right. But people forget. He missed the first little bit of the season because of That's a core true. muscle injury. He missed all basically all of the training camp. And this is a defense that is still trying to figure itself out. So you're going to throw a rookie out there that missed so much time during on a defense that's still trying to figure out what works, what isn't. Like, as many issues as I have with Vance Joseph, I at least understand why he's not putting Riley Moss out there and why he turned to a veteran of Fabian Moreau over Riley Moss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I don't know, man. It just it boggles my mind. I mean, and maybe we'll see a little bit more changing up down the line, especially if the Broncos lose this week to the Chiefs and go through the bye week, and maybe we'll see a little bit of change in in terms of that. But it it doesn't make sense to me, man. I, I really don't get it. You go out, you trade up, you trade up what a fourth round pick and a third, a future third round pick to go and select this player for you to leave him as a game day inactive every single week. And especially when you're nicked up in the secondary, you benched a starter to get another aging veteran out there who, I mean, played well, like you said, he played well, but has struggled for the majority of his career. Like go get, go get some eyes on the talent that you have. And I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this a little bit, but it, it just, it pisses me off a little bit to tell you the truth because you, to me, you got to you got to get your eyes on that talent. You you ha- you absolutely have to get their, your eyes on that talent. I'm uh, sorry for that. Um, okay. 
one thing that always goes unmentioned when we talk about wanting to see the see these players on the field, and I do this too. We always talk about how we want to see the young guys out there on the field. They do. They see it in practice. And if you're not doing well enough in practice, you're not going to get on the field in regular season games. And yes, there's the issue of some guys just don't show up in practice and they show up in games. Mm -hmm. Some guys show up in games that don't show up in, or some guys that show up in practice that don't show up in games. Stuff like that happens, but you still have to work your way to it. And a one thing here that I want to grab is what's the difference, lack of talent and not showing it is I, I, to me, it's a pretty simple thing is you can have all the talent, but it can be issues of you sitting there and utilizing that talent on the field with playing proper technique. Riley Moss is extremely athletic and his technique is decent. But he has a lot of technique to like technique development that he has to do, which mm -hmm. can be hindering him from showing his athletic talent that he has or the talent on the football field. He has, right. I'm very talented at doing all sorts of different voices. I don't ever do it in front of people really. Like, does that mean I don't like in front of you guys? I'll say use that. I do it in front of my family all the time. Does that mean I'm not talent? I don't have ta a talent to do voices. No, it means that you guys just don't see it. Right. It's for some reason that you guys aren't able to show it. Riley Moss can have the talent, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say he does or doesn't. We don't know. We haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. But it could be a situation where he has a talent. He's still just putting things together, getting things understood on the defense, so he can show that talent. Right. Well, and that's and I, I disagree, guess like, Michael. If you like talent, if you like showing talent, you have no talent. I hundred percent disagree with that. Mm -hmm. We see it time and time again in the NFL and in sports in general. Yep. Players have talent who struggle to show it in practice. That go out there and show it on the field on game days. Yep. Point in case well, here, Elijah Garcia. All throughout training camp, every person I talk to is outside of like one or two days or one or two plays, consistently struggled in practice. Mm -hmm. To the point where none of the people that I talked to within the Broncos organization thought that he would make the roster. But preseason games came along and he was able to go out there and he was able to show it on the field. Because in practice, one thing too is there's a lot more thinking in practice than there is in games. In mm -hmm. games, you just go out there and do. In practice, you have to think. What are the coaches telling you? What are the coaches asking you? I got to go out there and do it. You can't just go out there and play. So that could that's a possibility here. Yeah. And whatever the issue is with Moss, it's not happening there in the practice field. It's not happening in the film room, which is why he's not seeing the field, which is why he was inactive against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, no, you're you're right on that one, and it, it works both ways as well. Maybe you are showing it and uh, showing it in practice, and then you get out in the games and you you start missing your assignments. You you like it, it can happen pretty much everywhere. And to say that you, if you if you don't have talent or like that you can't have talent if you're not showing it, that's not necessarily true either. Let's look at Justin Fields really fast. It's pretty easy to see that guy has all the athletic talent in the world. He just doesn't have it going between the ears right now. And that's something that maybe we don't know with Riley Moss. The kid's a freak. He's a freak athlete for what he is as a quarterback. So he's a very, very good athlete. Maybe it's just not up right here, up between the eyes, you know, like behind the eyes, between the ears. He just doesn't have it there right now. And that's again, and Eric, I appreciate you for, for bringing up that point. Of you know maybe they they are seeing it. They they're seeing it behind the scenes back at Dove Valley. We may not be seeing it here. Everyone knows I live in I live in Wyoming. You know I'm I'm not at Dove Valley. I'm not at practice every single day. I don't get to see what's going on there. I can only use base my opinion on the the information that I have in front of me. So that's a, that's a very difficult uh, evaluation of the situation if you want to call it something like that. So this. 
I think it's something to keep your eyes on, at least moving forward, especially if the Broncos continue to lose football games. And I don't think that this Chiefs game is going to necessarily change much of the direction of what this team is going to be at the end of this season, whether they win or lose. I, I think that if they do win, it's probably going to be more fluky of a win. And if they do go out there and dominate, then uh, hell, I'll be surprised. But at the end of the season, we all know as of right now, this team is going to be looking in a different direction moving forward, uh, more more likely than not. They're probably going to be moving some players here at the deadline next week. Uh, next Tuesday is a trade deadline, so keep your eyes peeled at milehighhuddle.com for all the breaking news and analysis regarding that stuff. But like like I said, this the, the change in philosophy, the change of the culture, the change of the direction of this franchise is coming, and that's something to keep your eyes on, whether it's Riley Moss, Jail Skinner, um, guys like Baron Browning, Nick Benito, like the younger players on this roster, you're going to see a lot more of those players moving forward, in my opinion. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I just want to be clear, since I since Eric Smith came in uh, with this comment, I understand where Eric is coming from. You agrees with Lance, though. I would like to see what they have in him. I don't I don't want to be want it to be confused here. I would rather them get Moss on the field and see what they have in him. Because if he can't have it, then it's you can move on. You know you need corner help. You can go and look at getting elsewhere in this offseason. Mm -hmm. yep. I would much rather that. I don't agree with Skinner. And the reason why I don't agree with Skinner is because his play style just doesn't work within the defense that they are running under Vance Joseph. It was a questionable pick at the time. Uh, I still question it. And from everything I've heard is that this dude just isn't getting the defense down at all. Mm -hmm. okay. um, he's... And, and we saw it in the preseason, too. I can't remember how many times I mentioned to you out is that J.L. Skinner just looks completely lost, completely out of position time and time again. Mm -hmm. Like, what we saw in the preseason, and a little bit of apples to oranges here, was somehow worse than Delaire and Turner Yell versus the Dolphins. <laughs> like, Skinner was really bad in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, and going on, it's like, we could talk about the Chiefs game, but, I mean, hey, we just talked about the Chiefs a lot just um, two weeks ago. Um, we talked about him a lot three weeks ago, you know, two games in a little over two weeks, basically. Um, but there's another big event this week. Um, what one, one that? Go, go ahead. I, I just I, I was going to grab this comment. Go ahead and, and, and set this up. I want to grab this comment from Phil here in just a second because we haven't seen Phil in a while. And he says, "Good evening, Lance and Eric. Coming in late. Just wanted to say thank you for a great show. Consistent flow of Bronco information. Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag MHH for life." Phil usually throws stars around, so I want to make sure we get that comment out there. And thank you, Phil, for your support, man. It's, it's good to see you back in the chat. Go ahead, Eric. I, I do apologize for cutting you off on that. Phil, hope we get to see you at the meet and greet one of these years, along with yeah, a lot absolutely. of other people. Yep. Yep. Malcolm Brown. I mean, it's it's amazing how close we live together, and we haven't met yet. I'd like to meet you at some point. Um, yeah. Maybe you can convince me that Homer is not as much of a hippie town as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, Homer is such a beautiful place. Like, um, don't get down there often, but man, it's just so breathtakingly beautiful. Um, anyways, going back to football. Obviously, Halloween is coming up on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> you know, and this year something important comes with it. Um, it's not just a time for, in a way, NFL teams going to go trick-or-treating of their own. They get to go trick-or-treating for players as the NFL trade line is Tuesday. 
Um, and obviously, you know, the Broncos, they're sitting at two wins and what, six losses, two and six, right? Two and five right now. Probably going to be two and six after Sunday. This season's blending together for me. Um, right. And there's been a lot, a lot of trade rumors going around here. Um, Jerry Judy's the popular one. There's been a lot of Justin Simmons going around. It seems pretty set that while they'll listen to offers for Patrick Sertan, that's not going to happen. All right? Right. Patrick Sertan will still be on the roster this time next week. He'll be on the roster come Wednesday. But there's a few guys that I kind of want to talk about here, obviously. Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton, the two receivers, Justin Simmons, and one of the linebackers. Because I yeah. think one of those two guys is good chance of being on the move, especially when you look at the Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills. What do you think? So honestly, I think that the one to move on from right now is probably Josie Jewell. If you're looking for a linebacker to move, um, he's going to be on the way out this season. If you can get anything for him, you're probably like at least in 2024, because regardless of what happens with Jewel, he's going to sign a contract that's big enough. You're probably going to get a, a compensatory pick in 2025, but you need these picks sooner rather than later. And if you can get something for Josie Jewel, I don't think you're going to get much, maybe a, a six round pick, or maybe you do a, a pick swap where, where it's like Josie Jewel in a seventh for a conditional sixth from Dallas or something like that. Like, I, I think that that move would make a lot of sense. Buffalo makes a lot of sense as well, but uh, the player that I, I think is, the one that I, I, I want to bring up the most here because he's one of the biggest fan favorites uh, on the team is one of the longest tenured players. I believe he is currently the longest tenured player on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Justin Simmons um, mm-hmm. is he's a very, very talented player. Um, and I, I know that we like to overrate him just a little bit, but this dude is special. He's a very good player. He's rangy. He's a good tackler. Um He's a, he's a quality leader, especially off the field. He's very active um, as an activist. Um, he's, you know, just one of the players that this this fan base seems to flock to. But it, it's not it, – his contract right now, I think this, he's going into last year of his, his uh, deal next year. So there's going to be cap, cap uh, salary cap implications to move forward from him. And he's probably one of the more valuable pieces that you can get at least something for. I really think that getting him to a contender where he can go and and potentially have a shot at chasing a ring this season would be a, a definite um, a, a definite win-win for both parties. You can get some value for him. You're probably not going to bring him back after this deal is done. Um, you get some cap savings moving into 2024, and you 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 give a, another contender a, a, a viable piece moving forward. You know, a, a, in the secondary. I really wanted to see him go to Philadelphia, but they just traded for Kevin Byard the other day. Um, however, I something tells me that him and Minka Fitzpatrick in Pittsburgh would be just absolutely lethal, and that would really formulate like form around that defense, you know, and really help that back end of the secondary. What do you think on Justin Simmons here, Eric? Well, first I want to talk about it. Um, I don't think he can go wrong between moving Alex Singleton or Josie Jewell. I don't think so either. No. Both of them have their pros and cons for being moved. And I understand Alex Singleton has been a tackling machine, but his play this year has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie Jewell hasn't been much better. Um, but you have the fact that both of them, the contracts kind of work for them. You can be a part year rental with Josie Jewell, 
or you can go and get a guy who has a pretty cheap contract mm -hmm. for the next few years and sit on that and hope that you can figure out a way to really take advantage of what he can do against the run and just make it so he doesn't have to think so much in coverage. Um, so either one makes a lot of sense. For Dallas specifically, you know, Singleton I think Jose Jewel makes sense, more sense. For Buffalo, Alex Singleton makes a little bit more mm -hmm. sense yep. um, just because of what they'll be asking them to do. Um, okay. There's enough difference there. Justin Simmons. Um, it would kind of suck to see him go because he's been the you know the leader on this defense for a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Pittsburgh. A lot been, Pittsburgh's been looking for a lot of a lot of secondary help. Um, Eagles, even though they got Kevin Biard, they're not done looking for secondary help. I think they want more corner instead of safety, though. So I don't think Justin Simmons is in play there. Um, a few other teams that are like right there on the cusp of being a competitive team are also looking for secondary help. From what I've gathered is a lot of teams are looking for secondary help like that, that and edge rusher. Those are the two biggest things teams are looking for in the edge rusher market. You know, Chase Young or Montez Sweat, one of them is probably going to be on the move. Um, Brian Burns is a possibility. There's a lot of talk about just Josh Allen, depending on the, the chiefs. Um, so th there's a lot there on the edge market. Um, and there's a lot there on the corner market. Um, I think that moving Justin Simmons wouldn't be a terrible move. He has one more year. He has he's under contract for 2024 as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's a situation where with his contract as it is, you can't keep him. Uh, you, you can't keep him beyond this year. You either have to extend him and lower the cap hit next year because the Broncos are projected to be about like what twenty five million dollars over the salary cap next yeah, year. It's a big number, big it, number. It, it's it's bad. So you kind of got to go and figure something out there. And there seems to be a pretty good market for, you know, Justin Simmons. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Steven Eichenbaum jumping in here. He had a couple of comments earlier saying I look like Brandon McManus, which I'm, I'm here for this. I, I, Brandon McManus is one of my favorite Broncos. Like that. I, I, I crapped on him a little while ago, um, talking about him with being the union rep and I understood kind of why they moved on from him. But regardless, thank you for the, uh, the compliment there. I'll definitely take that. He's asking a, a very important question here. Because there's a lot of rumblings surrounding Jerry Judy potentially becoming a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Eric, are you trading to a team within the AFC West? Is that something that you would be willing to consider if the price was right for any one of these players? What are they offering? That's, I don't think the Broncos, are, the Broncos aren't going to be competitive for a few years. So, depending on what they're offering, yeah, I'm willing to trade Jerry Judy to the Chiefs. I'm willing to trade him to the Chargers or the Raiders. And I'll say this is like, I don't care if they're in the division or not. That is not something I've ever cared about. It is always about what am I getting in return? Now, mm -hmm. if the Broncos were a lot closer to being a competitive team, then it would be a little bit different. Like, I agree. You don't want that extra challenge there in the division. Um, but still, it would come down to is what are they offering me? Yeah. Uh, if, if the Chiefs came, even if the Broncos were competitive, if the Chiefs came calling and asking a first for Jerry Judy, oh, yeah, I take yeah. that. Yep. Like, it, so to me, it's just always comes down to what are they offering um, with a little bit of like, how competitive are we? Broncos aren't competitive this year. Probably not going to be competitive for the next year or two. Um, Peter Milton comes in with a more precise thing of they offer a low second for Jerry Judy. Yes or no? Yeah. Yep. I'll take it. Uh, I would as well. Cause I want I, Jerry I, Judy off this team. I, I do too. And, and that's, that's something here. It, the culture. Guys, I, I said it just a little bit ago. The culture of this team needs to change. 
And Jerry Judy, I don't think he wanted to be in Denver, quite honestly. I don't think he ever wanted to be a Denver Bronco. And it shows his lack of effort is the one that really stands out the most. And whether it's as a blocker, whether it's as a route runner, when he knows the football isn't coming his direction, that you can see it. It, it's, it's all over. It stands out like a sore thumb. It's horrible to watch guys. Like it's, it's, and I know for a fact, last season, the Broncos were asking for at least a two and a four. They wanted first round value specifically for Jerry Judy. If they could get a one, they, 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 that's what they really wanted to do. They were asking for a two and a four. Nobody bit. If the chiefs come to you and say, we'll give you a second round pick for Jerry Judy, you know, that pick is going to be in the sixties. Like it's going to be somewhere close to 60 to 64. 64 is the last pick of the second round. You know it's going to be somewhere around there. That's a quality player you can get there. I mean, Nick Benito, who we can we can argue the semantics of this conversation all you want. Quality player right now for this Broncos team. The the the, the effectiveness of his sacks coming unblocked off the Quality edge. player for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I, like I said, we can argue the semantics all we want to on this, but that's a starter right now. And yeah, injuries and moving on from guys like Randy Gregory and um, Frank Clark and his play specifically. Let's let's give a shout out to his play. Has him up. He was picked number sixty four in, in in that draft. You know, Marvin Mims. The Broncos got him after trading up into the sixties to go and get a player like that. That's a quality building block. Jerry Judy right now is on his way out. And I don't have any problem trading him to the Kansas City Chiefs because he's this is year four for him. He's got the fifth-year option next year, and then he's a free agent. And I guarantee you, unless he starts to blow up in Kansas City, which very well could happen. This is one of those players that we were talking about that has all of the talent in the world, but you're not seeing it on Sundays, and it's specifically because he doesn't put the effort in that he needs to. If he does start putting that effort in in Kansas City, he could become a really great long-term player for them. I also don't know what their salary cap implications are moving forward. Maybe Travis Kelsey retires. They curse some money up there, get uh, Mahomes to give some money back, or whatever they got to do to try to, to massage that cap. I don't think Jerry Judy's in in Kansas City much longer than the two years left on his on his current co- rookie contract is. And even at, even so, Denver's not competitive for those two years anyways. It doesn't matter if he kills you every single week every, that you play in Kansas City every season. It, it doesn't matter. Get the value and, that you can get for a player like that. And uh, Eric, I don't know. Uh, I'll, let, I'll bounce it off of you. What do you think on that? Like, am I completely out of line for saying something like that? No, I was just sorry. I was just coming to grab this. Come on, Judy's not going to draw for a second. We're not saying he will. I don't think he will. Um, me neither. No. Maybe you can get a third round pick for him. I think you're looking probably at a couple, you know, day three picks being offered, which might not be enough to get him moved. We were just asked if the Chiefs came in and offered their second-round pick uh, for Jerry Judy, would we take it? That's what we were talking about. We don't think – I don't think either one of us thinks Judy will draw actually draw a second-round pick, do we? If you get a fourth and a fifth for him, I think you did a pretty good job. Like, on, I, I would love to take a third, but you're not you're not getting that. Not not anymore. He's he's already it's, proven to be such a headache and uh, on yeah. and off the field. With the whole Steve Smith thing from a couple weeks ago, good Lord. Guys, like, can we act any more immature when you're trying to get ready to play a football game? You're out there talking and, and dancing around behind Steve Smith and drawing a, a whole bunch of negative attention to yourself. Like, come on, guys. Let's let's be honest here. The headache on the field, the headache off the field, is not worth it for any teams. And again, like I just and, said, he's got two years left on his deal. You gotta you gotta figure out if you're gonna pay him or not. Do you want to pay Jerry Judy? Go ahead. Sorry. We've got a couple questions about this. Kareem Jackson is suspended for two games, guys. Um. So it'll be PJ Locke starting I, in his stead next to Justin Simmons. So 
Graham well, Jackson's out. Graham Jackson is like, is he is he out? Like gone? Like gonna not be a Denver Bronco anymore? Oh, that's what um, trying to get at. probably this. Th- I think this is his last year. I think he knows that his time's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then where is it? Stephen comments and it bro, it's a quarterback, not Judy's fault. It's both. It's both. It, Judy it, doesn't give both. proper effort. It, it, it's both. Um, Ramon coming in. Mahomes can't do anything a, with Judy that Russ can't do with with the same surrounding cast. The Broncos O-line sucks and the scheme isn't freeing up receivers. Uh Ramon, if I remember right, you're the dude who likes to write dissertations defending Jerry Judy in the comment section. So feel free to get your you know your keyboard ready to write your dissertation for this one. Uh, the offensive line is better than what a lot of people think, and uh-huh. it is actually factually proven. I could go and pull up the stats. The Broncos receivers are getting open. They're just not being looked at because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is basically he's getting the bat ball. He's hitting his back foot. He's lowering his eyes and looking to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of stats out there that so they're improved that fact. The receivers are so, getting open. They're just not being hit. And then so not coming a- in. Real quick, gotta grab this, yeah. um, and then I'll, I'll I'll come back to you after. It's so just okay. Naj coming in, twenty dollar donation. Thank you, Naj. We appreciate Thanks, that. Naj, what's up, hey, dude? brothers, just wanted to say how awesome it was seeing you, uh, brothers, last weekend. Got to get another win this week. Cheers, brothers. Hey, Naj, man, it's always a great to see you. Oh, you always bring so much energy and positivity, man. Um, sure. Even though I'm probably extremely pessimistic, um, man, your positivity positivity is always so. Um, like not overwhelming, but always so warming and uh, all that. And I just wish I could be half as positive as you are, man. Um, it was great seeing you. It's always a great time seeing you. Um, yep. Can't wait to see you again next year. Well, now we go ahead, Lance. Going back to uh, between the whole situation between Judy and Russ here. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say thanks again to Naj for everything, man, and all your buddies that you brought in with you from um, from out east. Like it was, it was a blast meeting those guys too. Got a really good picture with everybody. So uh, thank you, Naj, for your support, dog. It's it's always good to see you, dude. Um, hopefully we can do it again here soon. But uh, there, so back to Judy and the receivers not getting open. This this con this conversation is so much more difficult, and I wish that we could actually throw film up for you guys so we could show you what we're talking about. And I. I kind of threw it out there uh, before we went to the meet and greet, you know, like, Hey, come over. If you got any questions, you know, we'll, we'll pull our phones up. We both got game pass. We can watch the games, put it all on, put on all the, tw- the all 22 and, and really show you what we're talking about here. The problem with the, the argument of receivers not getting open is it's, it's, it's threefold one. Yes. They're not winning early enough in the rep that that's, that's easy to see. You you can see they, they need to be better getting into an out other breaks off the line of scrimmage winning earlier and creating earlier separation would definitely help Two, the offensive line isn't necessarily holding up there on their end of the deal either giving russell wilson enough time to hit the intermediate shots that he's wanting to based on the scheme of what this offense is actually running that's also a factual but the third one and i think this is the one that really needs to be brought out russell wilson is not playing with timing he's not playing with anticipation he is not playing with trust he doesn't trust his offensive line. He doesn't trust those receivers to get open. He's dropping his eyes and he's looking to run. Case in point, there was a play. I, I don't remember who put it. It was somewhere on Twitter. I think it was Frankie um, uh, that, that that put it up there. Talking about it was in the red zone. Russell Wilson had – it was kind of a stutter and go slant to Jerry Judy on the left-hand side coming out of the slot. And Russell Wilson hit the back of his drop, dropped his eyes, scrambled out to his left, and threw the ball out of the back of the end zone. Jerry Judy, when he won, was absolutely wide open. 
absolutely 100% wide open would have been a walk-in touchdown pass if Russell Wilson plays with anticipation, hits his back foot, and drives the football into Jerry Judy's chest plate. It was 100% wide open. He also had a pocket to step up into. Mike McGlinchey got beat off the edge, and it kind of forced Russell Wilson's hand to vacate to his left. But at the same time, if Russell Wilson steps up and actually plays quarterback the way that you're supposed to play quarterback on that particular play, it would have been absolutely 100% a walk-in touchdown. And there's off, there's, there are so many different examples of that over and over and over across every Broncos game for the last season and a half where he's not playing with anticipation. He's not throwing with timing. It's never really been his game, but they're asking him to do it because he's a 12-year veteran in the NFL. He's got to start playing better too. So again, this this whole conversation of the receivers aren't getting open. They are. They're, they're getting open on time as well for the most part. Earlier in the rep where it's like wide open, you know, that's it's not 100% there on the receivers because when Russell Wilson does hit his back foot and he starts to climb the pocket a little bit, the receivers are actually getting their separation. Watch the Kansas City Chiefs game. There's receivers all over the field, wide open. He's just not seeing them. And, and that's 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 the biggest problem. That's one of the biggest problems with his offense, plain and simple. And not only that, the whole idea that your quarterback can't throw to a wide receiver who isn't completely wide open is so mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um especially when you have Cortland Sutton who does such a good job in contested catches, especially when you go back and you do watch Russell Wilson's old tape and how many contested catches he was throwing, Mm -hmm. like how just the slightest separation and his placement was good. Like, and he would place it where the receivers can go get the ball and box out defenders. Yep. But he's not doing that. Like he's not even doing that. He's just going to check it down. It's almost like if it's not completely wide open, he's not even going to want to take a risk. It's like he's gun shy or his psyche's broken and not wanting to take these risks. Whatever it is, it is hurting the offense. Um, Russ is playing better. Yes, Jerron, he is playing better. No arguments here. But he is still missing a lot, and he's not the problem as to why they're losing, but he's not helping them at all. He's not helping them win games. Um, I hope I opened the door to this a couple weeks ago, and I'll reiterate it here again. I will happily take the time to sit down with anybody who wants to and go and point out every game all these issues with Russell Wilson in game settings that I talk about. We can't do a lot because we can't show game film here. I will go do that and show you exactly what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Yep. So and going starting with the Oakland Raiders game, there were four throws in that game that had he made Broncos probably win that one yep. against Kansas Kansas City Chiefs in the second half. There were three or four throws that if he makes, Denver's probably winning, has another win right now. Mm-hmm. Every single game, four or five throws. And it's not situations where he's not seeing them. These are throws where he looks at them and either brings his eyes down and just checks it down, or he's looking at them and just throws it completely out of position to where it shouldn't be. And they either can't come down with the ball because it's too far out of bounds. They can't come out of the ball because it's too far in front of them or he throws them into the defensive coverage to where the defensive back is able to come up and break the coverage. Yeah. There's a, there's a very famous conversation. I believe it was with Archie Manning um, and Joe Maddox comes here. This is a great point. Most games come down to three or four plays. Absolutely. That's, that is absolutely correct. And this is the NFL. It's hard. It's hard to win in the NFL plain and simple, but that's absolutely a hundred percent factual. Most games come down to three or four plays and which team makes those three or four plays and which team doesn't. That's a hundred percent accurate. Good point, Joe. Um, 
I want to go back to this conversation really fast about what is open and what is not open because Arch Manning or Ar excuse me, Archie Manning, Peyton Manning's father is on record saying that uh, in, in college wide open is anywhere from three to five yards, like three to five yards of separation in, in college. That's wide ass open guys. And we're seeing some of that with the Broncos, but I want to show you something. Okay. You know what this is? This is a piece of notebook paper. Your typical eight by eleven sheet of regular notebook paper. Okay, that in the NFL is wide open. If you got a window that big, you're wide open in the NFL. Your quarterback should be able to foot, put a football into a sheet of paper. That is Archie Manning, a freaking Hall of Fame quarterback, essentially. I don't think he's actually in Hall of Fame still. He's saying if you want to play quarterback at the NFL level, you have to be able to hit, to hit that that sheet of paper. Players that are open by that much, eleven inches, a foot. That is wide open at the NFL level. And Russell Wilson just won't make those throws. He's not doing it. He's not putting his receivers or giving him the opportunity to put him in, in a position to make a play to help him out. Like, And I know that that's very harsh criticism, but it's it's true. It's true. If, if you can't throw to a, a player that, yeah, they're covered, but, but like the, the, the naked eye says, oh, yeah, they're covered. No, they're really not covered. There's a ball placement. You, throwing with timing, throwing with accuracy where you put the football can throw a receiver open. Absolutely. It's a hundred percent possible. You see it with Peyton Manning, you see it with Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, all the greats can do that. And Russell Wilson isn't doing it. Plain and simple. That's, that's yeah. fact. And the thing is, is too, is also going against this whole thing is look at what happened against the Kansas City Chiefs towards the late of the end of the game. When Russell Wilson stopped being as gun shy and started targeting Cortland Sutton, even when he wasn't getting open defensive pass interference and a touchdown. It's something that Corlin yep. Sun has done really well, drawing yep. those defensive pass interference. It's part of why so many people liked him before he got hurt was because he had a tendency to draw those penalties because of how he plays. The whole receivers aren't getting open is not the defense of Wilson. People thinks it is. It makes him look worse. It does. It makes it seem like if he, the guys aren't wide open, then no, he can't make these plays. When as a quarterback, you got to be able to make those tight window throws. It's one of the things... One of the biggest things I will not quarterbacks on when I am scouting them, and it is some things that I've had conversations with time and time again against scouts, it is something that Hall of Fame coaches, Hall of Fame general managers, they have always talked about and preached when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. How are, do they do on those tight window throws? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, Peter Middleton coming in here with one of the best points that you can make. Guys, this is a quarterback earning $250 million and a Super Bowl winner. He has no excuse not to get the ball to his receivers. No excuse. Th that's about as cut and dry as you could get, right, Eric? Yeah. So, and all right. Um, I want to grab this, too. Last point, last point I want to make on this. In Seattle, they got open for him. Um, they did. When you have one of the most Frankenstein wide receivers in DK Metcalf, who is as big as he is and runs as fast as he does, it kind of helps the things there. But before that, if you go back and watch earlier, Russ, um, even you know, even early Tyler Lockett, they weren't getting shot. open like people were wanting. Like Wilson was just making the tight window throws. He was making those throws where the guy was draped up over the shoulder and he would just place it right. right. It is one of the things that Russell Wilson did so well. Mm -hmm. that made him such a star in Seattle yeah. was being able to make those throws. Well, and something, Eric, I, I know um, 
we've, we've talked about this. We, I guess we haven't talked about him in a while, but the um, Tim Jenkins uh, from Tim Jenkins elite. He's a, a quarterback coach. Um, I believe he's PJ Walker's quarterback coach does a lot of really quality breakdowns um, after the games, breaking rust down, breaking quarterbacks all across the NFL on his YouTube channel. Um, don't really, I don't know the name of it. So otherwise I'd plug it, but anyways, something I've, I've seen him say multiple different times with, um, with every single quarterback is what hunting with the football, being aggressive with the football and taking chances. And that's something that Russell Wilson just simply isn't doing it. it, it that, so that, that, that I think puts the, puts the, the, the bow on that conversation. You've got to no. with the football and be aggressive. Okay, Jerron, like, not trying to target you or anything like that, but it, it, you come in and you say, it's ridiculous that people have criticized Russ so much this season. And last as last season, he's married to Ciara, about to have another baby. People didn't stop talking so much crap about him and Ciara. First of all, I agree with you. It bring, talking about quarterbacks' personal lives and everything like that, who they're married to and stuff like that, not my thing. I, I could not care less um, what's going on in Russell Wilson's personal life. Not my business. My business is the football side of things here. That is what I do for work. I break down this team, do it for a living, um, do it full time. But that doesn't, to be fair, it doesn't excuse him either. Every quarterback has a lot going on in their personal lives. Brett Favre, what was it? His dad who died and he went out there and had an outstanding game that night. Monday night football. one of the things that a lot of great football players do, and just athletes in general, is they go and put bad things behind them. They shut it off when they go and take the field, take the court, take the rink, whatever. Like, that doesn't excuse Russ with everything that's going on. His personal life isn't the excuse that it is. It's not an excuse for anybody it's, uh, it's with excuse. it. Like, I sit here, I don't, my, I'm not a football player um, and all that, but my personal life doesn't excuse a bad day at work for me. Um, it's just not the way it is. And then Larry James comes in dumb. You're talking crap about one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. These are the same receivers that had the most drop passes in the league last year. This year, Judy and Sutton still have a lot of drop passes. Okay. Um, we've given I've given Russell Wilson a lot of credit tonight for his ability to make tight window throws, and my issue has been that he's not making those throws this year. He's not even trying to yep. drop passes. We can actually take a look at how much that is impacting him this year. Because, first of all, the Broncos have one of the lowest totals of drop passes so far this season. I think they have four? Uh, something like that. It's not It's not very high. And, yeah, both of them have drop passes um, and all that. But getting to the quarterbacks here that are factor, factoring in that, quarterbacks who – let's see here. How many quarterbacks is that? 31 quarterbacks played at least 50%, played at least 160 total snaps. For adjusted completion percentage, which comes at that end, Russell Wilson is sitting seventh. Like, it's fine. Like, he has five drops on the season. The drop percentage that he has is the third lowest. Drops aren't the factor this year. Like, he is completing a lot of passes. But you got to go look at those passes. How many of them are at the line of scrimmage or within five yards of the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage? Close to He is making a lot of high percentage throws. This is why I absolutely hate the completion percentage aspect of it, um, of things like it's just, it, it's just problematic. We're not trying to talk crap about him, but we're trying to sit here and say what things are going on. He's act, he's accurate, but he's also throwing a lot of high percentage throws. When you take away those high percentage throws, he has the worst completion percentage in the NFL, which is something that thanks to the power of statistics, we can look at and do. 
his completion percentage on throws that aren't are considered non-high percentage, which are you know throws that I believe are you know up to five yards beyond the line of scrimmage with or with no no defender within. Um, I think it's like a yard of the receiver. Yeah. I can't remember the exact of it is. He has the worst completion percentage. So that is just something that you have to, you know, factor in and look at it with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so frustrating, as I said, because Russell Wilson is for his career what did such a good job of placing balls in the right spot where his receivers can go get it, even if they were covered. It was part of what made him such a stud in Seattle. It is part of why I wanted him in Denver because even to end the 2021 season after he got hurt, we were still seeing those kinds of throws. Last year, despite all the other issues with the offense, we were still seeing those kinds of throws, mm-hmm. those tight window throws. And this year we're not. Um, I don't know if it's Sean Payton wanting to go away from them. I don't think it is with what we're seeing with the scheme. But there is just some kind of disconnect there. Yeah, it's 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 hard to watch, and I think that we do need to give a little bit more criticism towards Sean Payton for his situational play calling. There's definitely a little bit of that, and maybe we are, you know, maybe he is telling Russell Wilson to just take the check down. I know that the um, the strip sack I believe is against the Jets was turn for, return for a touchdown. Um, Sean Payton when he come when Russell Wilson came off the field was you know making. Um, pretty harsh comments to Russell Wilson saying, you know, you're, you're, you're hot to the check down is, is the running back, right? Like on, on that, like you need to pay attention to what you're actually doing here. Not with a great comment here saying not make uh, Russ isn't making the critical throws on critical downs. Facts, like facts. That's, that's all there is to it. Anyways, guys, we are at our hour time limit that the last 30 minutes of the show absolutely flew the, the first 30. I'm like, Holy cow, this is, this is going to take forever, but you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for this discussion. I'm here for this debate. Eric, it's always so much fun to be able to talk football with you. Um, let's uh, just give a big shout out to everybody in the chat who joined us today. We got obviously Troy Boer, um, Naj, um, we've got uh, David McElrath, Phil McLaughlin, everybody in the, in the chat that threw out some super chats. We definitely appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, let's see here. How do I want to, I think there was one comment I wanted to grab. Eric, are you seeing anything else you want to grab before we have to get out of here tonight? Not really. I mean, there's there's a couple comments I could, but I mean, it would just start a long rant. Yeah. Um, Bam X. Bam X. I'll grab this one. He's asked, so why do you think Russ is taking that step back? I have no clue. Um, yeah. When I watch him, it seems like there is something there mentally. And it's almost like after last year, he's being overly cautious to not make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and just like, for lack of a better way of putting it, is he doesn't want to look bad. So he's not trying to make those tougher throws. I, 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 it's tough. It it is. And again, this is one of those evaluations where being in Wyoming and not being in the locker room and and talking to people and stuff like that, as as much as I can talk to people, I try to on the outside looking in though, it just looks like it's a massive confidence issue. I I think that he is so shaken in his confidence, which sounds crazy for one of the most positive and upbeat human beings on the planet. Like this dude is always nothing but positive, but I think the the confidence and uh, another thing I, I mentioned it just a little bit ago, uh, talking, you know, throwing with timing, anticipation, accuracy, and throwing receivers open. He doesn't have any trust in anything that's going on around him right now. And I, I think that's the, the biggest thing that you can really see because every time that he does play with that trust, when he does hit his back foot and he hits, hits Sutton or Judy or whoever it is on the slant, it looks good. Like it, It's there. You can tell he has the goods to play in this league. He's obviously done for 12 years, you know. 
But I think that right now he's just not playing with the trust. He's not playing with confidence that he needs to play at the, the NFL quarterback position, and it's it's hurting this team. Two things before we go, and then I'll let you pass it off, and we can do this. will be my final word, too. Um, Doug Smith, come on, come on, this guy's feeling sorry for Russell Wilson, who's making $1 million a week. Um, I don't care how much a pers- much money a person's making. Um, they're still a person. Yeah. Um, they still have their own mental health issues that they are dealing with or personal issues they are dealing with. I don't care how much money you make. Unless unless you're like an overly crappy person, like who's using your money to like demean and put other people down. Like I will feel bad for the person. Mm-hmm. I have gone through a lot of crappy things in my life. And just because of what I make, I would hate for somebody to sit there and, you know, not give a damn about what I'm going through because of how much money I make. Because a lot of people, like, the money doesn't define them. It's who they are. Mm-hmm. My final point I'm going to make, and this is one that's I'm doing just intentionally to ruffle a bunch of feathers here. <laughs> yes. The first touchdown against but the Green Bay Packers got, you know, the simultaneous catch, that was a touchdown. It was not an interception by Patrick Mahomes. I understand Gene's territory said on live broadcast that he got Patrick Chan got two feet down first, so that's an interception. It doesn't matter. The two feet down has absolutely no implications on the results of the play. The rule, as it is written, is a simultaneous catch, which it was. The receiver's control of the ball never broke, just as neither did Patrick Chan's. It goes to the offense. That was an interception. I got a lot of blowback for the post-game reaction person there and saying it the way the rule is written. That was a touchdown. It was the right call on the field. Gene's territory has even walked back his defense of it after doubling down and sitting there admitted that he was wrong. The vice president and president of NFL officiating have also came out after the game and said that he that the call on the field was correct. So yeah, <laughs> it was the right call. It was it, not an interception guys. It was, it was the right call. It was absolutely the right call. And I, we can, we can go back and forth on this. Oh man, we got a big super off the top rope here from, from Nosh right at the bell, man. Uh, brothers, it says Sean Payton needs to do a lot more to get Wilson in the right plays more consistently. It's like, he's disconnected from the strengths of his offense. I don't want guys traded who become superstars elsewhere. Um, that last comment I'm going to address first, um, becoming superstars elsewhere. Good for them. You know, uh, but, but, but like that's, that, that always sucks when you, when you watch a guy like Shaq Barrett, you know, Shaq Barrett, uh, obviously in a rotation here in Denver, uh, won a Super Bowl in 2015, went out and got paid. But he didn't get paid the first year. He took a small deal to go out to Tampa Bay where he had like 17 sacks that season, became the player that we all know and love, Shaquille Barrett. He became a superstar somewhere else. That's that's not that's not something that you can um, really predict, but it's also not something that you can like shuffle your feet and hide over in the corner and say, well, it's, it's they're going to be a superstar somewhere else. We're going to miss out on that. I don't give a damn. What are they doing for you right now? The NFL stands for not for long. What have you done for me lately? And a lot of these players that are that we were talking about earlier potentially getting moved on. And not just is not to come at you, dude. But I just I see this all the time. They could go and, and be a superstar elsewhere. Good for them. Let them go. If, if they were if well, they were going to be I, a superstar elsewhere, what, why aren't they a superstar here? 
That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I think he's kind of getting at is that he would rather see them become a superstar in Denver than go on and be a superstar elsewhere. And I get it. I'm the same way. I would much rather have seen Shaquille Barrett become a superstar in Denver than going elsewhere. It just doesn't always work out that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, the situation, the scheme, all that matters. Like, yeah. sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, I do agree that Peyton needs to do to get more out of more Wilson in the right plays more consistently. The issue is that when he does, there's still issues with Russell Wilson there um, that you just got to figure out. You just got, I really do believe that he's just kind of inside his own head and you got to figure out a way to get him out of it. Yeah. Um, there are, there is a disconnection with his offense. 100% agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, unfortunately trades are going to happen. I'm worried about who it is going to be traded. Cause there are some guys I definitely don't want to see moved. Um, I still think three to five players get moved from this team. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I think one of the linebackers, whether it's Ju- uh, Josie Jewell or Alex Singleton, they're going to be moved. I, th- I really do think Justin Simmons is on the way out, too. And that's really going to suck, especially with with Kareem Jackson being suspended right now. And Vance Joseph seemingly can't find a way to put his feet on his shoulders and kick his head out of his ass to play some of these younger players. Um, but I think Simmons is probably on his way out. And I, 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 I'm almost 100 percent certain that Jerry Judy is going to be either a Patriot or a Panther come Tuesday next week. So um, with that, though, guys, we're going to have to get out of here. We're running a little bit long. Thank you all for joining us, man. It's, it's always so fun. It's been a, a hell of a week. You know, um, the meet and greet was great. But even after the fact, you know, life still does go on. And to, to have this hour with you guys every single Friday, you guys don't understand how much it means for us for you guys to be here and, and talk some football and just get a break from reality for at least a little while. So thank you all. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, from the entire Sanderson family. I know for Eric here as well that like this, this means a lot to us to be able to do this because without your guys' support, you guys, like, you know, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover Denver Broncos football. So with that, guys, make sure you guys are following us, us on Twitter as well. Stay in the conversation. Find me at Lance S underscore MHH for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also, guys, while you are at it, please make sure you guys are following at Mile High Huddle. That's the mother account where you guys get breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. Uh, the merch tent, hit that guy, uh, MHHmerch.com. Get your swag on. Make sure you guys get your hats, T-shirts, coffee cups, anything to suit your fancy. Uh, we got some really cool flags up that I need to get when I get my hands on one of those that go up in, in my office here soon. Um, lots of cool stuff over there. Great way to support the show and everything like that. And guys, if you guys are not financially able to super chat, uh, hit the merch tent, anything like that. Three things always guys subscribe, whether you guys are on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple podcast, subscribe to uh, mile high huddle, like every video and article you guys see across all social media platforms. And if you love it, you like what we're doing here, please share it and get it in front of as many Broncos fans as possible because I want to see about a thousand people at the meet and greet next year. Like that was so much fun. But again, without your guys' support, we couldn't do this. We, we need you guys to be here every single day, uh, Monday through uh, Sunday through Saturday, uh, six o'clock mountain time. Your guys' support is greatly appreciated. You really don't understand that. Now with that guys, I'm Lance Sanderson for Eric Trickle. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we will see, see you guys same time, same place next week. And as always go Broncos. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.